Welcome to The Rock Play, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today we're breaking down the new piece of legislation that proponents say will have long-reaching implications for the outdoor recreation world. We're talking about the Explore Act. Not long after appearing here on The Rock Fight, Jessica Turner and Chris Perkins and the rest of the Outdoor Recreation Roundtable were excited to announce that the Expanding Public Lands Outdoor Recreation Experiences, or Explore Act, passed unanimously through the House of Representatives Natural Resources Committee. Shortly after that, Justin Hausman and I talked about this development here on The Rock Fight, where it became clear that we needed a little more info about the act itself, how it differs from other pieces of legislation, and what to expect on the act's journey through Congress. So today, Jessica Turner is back to offer a TLDR on what the Explore Act is, why it's important, and what to expect from one of the most exciting developments to impact the outdoor recreation world in a very long time. Today on The Rock Fight, it's the Explore Act Explained with Jessica Turner, from the Outdoor Recreation Roundtable. All right, well, we have Jessica Turner back with us from the Outdoor Recreation Roundtable. Just a couple weeks since you were here last time, Jess. So I, I appreciate yeah. you coming back on so quickly. This is great. I've got yeah. like a bat phone to the ORR, I feel like. I know. It's it's good. You're, you're in good <laughs> hands. <laughs> Well, so when we last spoke, we touched on the Explore Act, uh, but yep. since that conversation, that act has passed through committee, uh, setting up yes. a chain of positive media coverage, and Justin Hausman, who actually I just got off the phone with, and uh, he's a journalist who comes on the show once a week, and we talked about it for a minute. And in that conversation with Justin, it kind of became clear that we needed a little bit more of an explainer about what the act is, why it's important, um, yes. how it slots historically. So we've got a few minutes yeah. with you today. Uh, and of course, you know, Justin couldn't make it, so we need to make fun of him for starting this conversation, but then not even bothering to show up. So I know. that was. Um, I just realized that like maybe last night. So I'm like, I want to <laughs> talk to someone who um, thinks you know they know. But anyway, my yeah. first question to him would have been, did you read the bill? Because it's about 300 pages, and it sounded like the answer was no. So I oh, usually definitely start there. Not. Yeah, and I usually don't engage if people haven't read the bill, but because it's you and your show, I will um Thank will you. <laughs> well, gonna, the working title here is like the Explore Act Explained, right? So I guess for the probably, I'm sure, 10,000th time this week, what is the Explore Act? <laughs> sure. So um, real uh, high level, because it is a 300-page bill that is wonky and it is important, like what is in the text has been worked on for decades um, by recreation user community, businesses, members of Congress. So it is very well designed and um, agency feedback. It's It's been through the ringer. So it is important what's in there, but really high level, it's a package of dozens of recreation bills that have come together in a bipartisan, bicameral way that really support every single outdoor activity um, and every segment so that uh, more people can get outside and you know, ultimately the land managers who manage these lands and waters have more tools in their toolbox because a lot of the ways they think about recreation and manage for recreation are antiquated, um, are, uh, historically, um, maybe not something that they've prioritized, even though, you know, you know, some of them want to, or they've been directed to. And there's a lot of things that have happened in the past decade or two or three, as you can imagine, um, in the recreation world, in climate change, uh, in how people, you know, want to access the outdoors and what they expect that, um, the management side hasn't kept up to speed with. And Mm. so it's about time we update that. I think the important part, I I might've mentioned this last time is 
um, segments that are much bigger than ours or thought to be much bigger than ours, I should say, like agriculture um, and energy have these huge packages that throw tons of money at at those things. And yeah, it happens every three or four years. And um, it's a really big deal. And we are actually bigger. One trillion dollar economic impact is bigger. We employ more people. And we're not asking for billions of dollars. And we can get into why that is, uh, you know, you know, in a second, but we're asking for really um, updated policies, procedures, and a focus on recreation where recreation is the most important, you know, value of the land or where it's the most important value for the people that live, work, play around the land. And so um, it's a little different in that way and just as important because we are a a big growing um, force within the economy. And there's a couple things that we need to make sure that continues to happen. So this past week, I spoke to the executive director of our local mountain bike association down here in San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, And we talked to, she listened to our last episode, sorry, complimentary of of us, which was great. We did a great job. But so she said that, you know, bigger acts like this don't tend to trickle historically don't tend to kind of trickle down to the work she does on behalf of the mountain bikers in our community. So if you're going to kind of allocate, if this all passes, you know, what mm-hmm. could someone like in that role expect, you know, from, from, from an, a piece of legislation like this? Yeah. I mean, I would assume this one actually will, ha- I mean, nothing like this has ever been done before. So okay. I guess it's kind of hard to compare, Sure. Um, but it would, I mean, it would directly impact mountain. I mean, one of the provisions is about mountain bike trails. There's a whole section on it. So it's called the Bolt Act. Um, and it's about identifying and creating long distance mountain bike trails so that um, this growing segment of the mountain bike industry that likes to um, bike pack and camp and, and wants to go longer distance for longer periods of time has that connectivity of trails. Mm-hmm. Right now, that doesn't exist. And right now, the agencies aren't directed to scope for that. We're saying you should start thinking about that. You should scope for that. That is a part of the economy that's growing. That's an interest area that's growing. And we need, again, the land management side to keep up with that. And um, sometimes they need direction to allocate their time in that way or to know that they have the authority to do those things. Um, I think on the mountain biking, like, uh, permitting and guiding side, because there's a big part of this that helps guides and outfitters. A lot of people like myself, when I lived in the city, mm-hmm. um, don't have access to transportation to mountain bike trails or to mountain bikes. If you live in a small <laughs> apartment and you can't lock up your bike and so you have to go out with a guide or you have to go out with a group and they need a permit and that's really hard to get. And that's why there's not a lot of them. And now this opens up a more equitable, clear, and transparent process for that. So hopefully there's actually more people ultimately mountain biking because they're getting in. A lot of people start mountain biking with a guide or an outfitter. They don't have the bike. They don't have the transportation. Um, And those uh, permits are really hard to come by and very confusing, Um, not transparent, not, uh, not, um, easy for new groups mm-hmm. and not easy to add, add people to add more riders to. So all of that, I think for this particular example about mountain biking will be seen in the next couple of years if this bill passes. Is it, is there anything, cause we talked a little bit when you were on last time as well about how kind of the, the natural, well, maybe not even natural, but the, the conflicts that can exist between even the segments of recreate of the recreation community. What will, will this address any of that in any way? Do you, do you expect any sort of the positive fallout of something like this being passed uh, to help address some some of those issues yeah, that I operate mean, in silos? I think there's just like only so many slices of the pie, right? And so we got to make the pie bigger. And I think if land is managed better, there's enough land for all the activities we want to do. And there's enough places. Yeah. And conflicts often happen because of management or because there's 
a perceived, um, you're getting more, I'm not getting my fair share. Um, so a lot of this, like there's not one pointed part of the bill that addresses that, but a lot of this is if there's, you know, more long distance mountain biking trails and we're talking to the horse community on the front end to make sure there's not horse conflicts, they're going to be built in a way that that user conflict hopefully is completely mitigated or at least, you know, much more mitigated than it might be on trails that exist today. Or we're going to, you know, make sure parking lots can fit <laughs> the mountain bike, you know, uh, the people coming in in vehicles with a mountain bike and the RVs and the people with horses. And right now they're on top of each other. And yeah, that's a conflict that right. creates, you know, I think bad blood in the user community. And it's, and it's not a user. I mean, I like to say it's not a user, it's a management, co- it's a management yeah, problem. Yeah. It's not a, and, and, and throwing in management problem. I don't mean that the land management agencies aren't doing a good job because they're doing as much as they can with as little as they have, but they need, you know, new tools. They need to think about things differently and they need the direction from Congress that recreation is the priority. We need to get this done. And so I think a lot of this goes to the very well-meaning and the very um, deeply caring land managers who do all the wonderful things and support all the wonderful things that we're able to do. This is a leg up for them too. It's not like you're not doing your job Um, in some cases maybe, but in most (laughs) cases, it's like we want to help you do your job and and it's, it's more of a partnership. So the one thing Justin and I were talking about when we when we were chatting about it when it passed um, committee, the was he referenced the Land and Water Conservation Fund from 1965 specifically, I guess, because he thought that was that is something that's typically funded from energy it comes from the oil and the, gas receipts. Thank you. There, exactly. that, that's yeah, what I was yeah. trying to say. <laughs> so what and you I think part of the thing about the Explorer Act is that it is it is not funded by taxpayer money. Is that correct? Yeah. Th- so the so the difference is that LWCF was um, that bill that we helped pass it or and our community came to help pass. What we did was we um, well we got it permanently authorized so that it's going to happen forever, hopefully in perpetuity. We also um, made sure that we were getting it fully funded, which is nine hundred million a year, which is what comes from the oil and gas receipts from the Outer Continental Shelf into the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and those receipts have traditionally not all. Um, been captured and they traditionally haven't all gone back to the things they're supposed to. So now we're saying, okay, this money's supposed to come in and we're supposed to allocate all of that to conservation and recreation, mostly, con- you know, conservation that has recreation access components. Um, the difference, and I think our bill just doesn't have a score at all. It doesn't cost any money. So that LBCF bill package with some um, maintenance backlog, uh, things that we were getting, it was a $14 billion tag. That's a massive amount of money over yeah. 10 years. It wasn't funded through taxpayer dollars, but it was funded through something. There was something that that we funded it from. This doesn't have a score at all. This isn't about money. This is about um, authorities and policy. And so there's two. They're two totally different sides of the coin. One is um, an appropriations. We're giving money to these things. We're creating accounts. And one is an authorizing. We're creating new ways of operating, new ways of thinking, a new direction on how we manage lands. Um, and you need both, right? Like right. you can't really. You have a ton of funding if the management agencies don't know what to do with it or it's not being put in the right places and you can't have great policy if you don't have any money. So um, the two things go hand in hand and I think they're both really important. But I I think he was confused because we said our bill is the first recreation package ever, which it is, and it's not. Um, doesn't cost the taxpayer any money. It's not the first bill that doesn't cost taxpayer money. It's just the first recreation package. And I think the value add is that we're not asking for 
um, the government to spend a lot of money on that. We've got some money and we'd love more um, to work with, but we actually want to make sure that money's going to the right things and mm-hmm. it's having the biggest impact. And this bill helps that. Listen, you know, he's not here to defend himself and he's a giant curmudgeon. So like, it's fine. You know, he didn't need to bring that even up. I think on that episode, let's just be honest guys, you know? Well, I mean, I think it's just <laughs> like he, you know, I listened admittedly like super late last night um, after a long couple of days, but well, thank um, you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, um, but you know, I do think, I think it's easy to like generalize about how important these things are. And then there's people that are in the weeds, like creating good policy every day. And uh, and some of our members who really rely on this, like like, there's, there's segments of the industry, the climbing. I mean, we haven't even talked about the climbers who will not have access to climbing in wilderness period. If this bill doesn't pass, period. Bolts are no longer allowed. If, well, is if that, the agencies well, I thought that was still in the, you know, the, the, the access fund is like, oh, you can write in about it. Is that that's actually you feel like that's where that's going to go? Is that like they're going to that's going to get wiped out? Well, I think that this bill is going to pass. So I think it's going to be fine. I think um, there's like some real I mean, it's a real threat. There is a real threat right. there. And this bill addresses it. And again, well-meaning, like, you know, there's things, but there's just, um, that's how people access climbing. Right. Um, most people, and Alex Honnold will be the first to say, you know, like he's one of the very few that doesn't need that. Um, most people do need bolts when they're climbing. And most people having these backcountry experiences, you know, it does overlap with wilderness areas and and, yeah. and those places, those things have been um, around for a really long time. So, so there's some real... Um, I think there's some real industries that feel that this it bill um, and, and user groups is really important. And there's probably some industries who are like, oh, this is nice. This is great. You know, it, I think it definitely um, runs the gamut. But as a as a whole, it's groundbreaking because, A, it's really good policy. And, B, um, it's the first time it's happened that the communities come together like this. Well, I know you don't have much time. So, like, what is next? Like, what are the challenges that still stand in the way? You think it's going to pass, but like, what, what, are, what are we? What's up next for for the Explore Act? Yeah. So, I think the House will pass the bill, um, and then it'll go over to like, the really? Senate. They really? They really? Seriously? They? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think. Okay. The next well, they don't have a good reputation guess, right now. Okay. I'm sorry. I, you know? I know. I know. I told you it was going to pass committee. It passed committee. Um, That's true. You know, I do. I think we, we're in a place where their Congress can't get much done, and this is just a win-win-win. It's like Democrat, Republican, you know, business, American people. Um, it, it's a good thing, and so far, um, I just. I feel that we've brought together the right coalition of groups, of um, nonprofits, of businesses, of partners, and the right champions. You know, we have some real champions that want to see this get done. There's a million things that could go wrong. Like, you know, so, and it surprises me every day that what can pop out of nowhere. But I, um, I would, if I had to crystal ball, I'd say, you know, this bill will be passed in the House in the next month and a half, month and a half, and it'll go over the Senate. And we very much hope that the Senate will take it up. Um, they already passed it out of committee, so it's not a huge lift. We just need to, you know, ensure it, it stays top of mind. And, um, you know, I think there was, there was a component that came up too, that I want to address because, um, Justin had said, well, I never have a problem with the access. What's with the access? And like, you know, that's a very wonderful thing to be able to say that, but there's a hundred million people that don't have access to green space, 28 million youth. And so just because you or I didn't have problem going and doing our favorite outdoor activity today, like part of this, and I'd say a huge chunk of this is actually about 
not us. It's not about us. It's about people who haven't even thought about recreation because it's it's so far literally um, from something that they're able to tap into. And and so there's there's a lot of provisions that focus on people with uh, disabilities who do, mm-hmm. who don't have access because the trails aren't built right and the water you know uh, infrastructure isn't built right. Um, veterans coming back and 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 that transition to civilian life um, and uh, just especially young people and people in urban populations that don't have. Uh, green park within five minutes, five miles, making sure we can create those places and siphoning off some of the um, funds from LWCF to make sure that they go appropriately to um, urban areas and that tribes can access those dollars. So yeah, I think the access conversation and it doesn't affect me is like great because it's you know maybe not our target <laughs> for this bill. And, and hopefully we can all think about the value we get from being outside and that that should be shared with everyone. Yeah. I mean, this is exactly why I'm so glad you came back on. I mean, and, and, you know, like I'm giving Justin a hard time, but in his defense too, like this is this these conversations can get, you can kind of lose yourself in all the particulars of it. And it's like, well, my experience isn't like that. What is What does this even mean when you're reading it in a, in a press release? Right. So uh, having yeah. this clarification is super helpful. So thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Yes. Happy, happy to, and um, it's good luck. So now that I said, it's going to pass, um, in the house and the show that'll happen. And then we can talk after that. <laughs> okay. And the next time you're going to come on and we're going to say, we're going to celebrate it, it passing. And then we're going to all like wish for $5 million to show up in our bank account. And it's just going to happen because you've proven that when you come on, these things happen. Five million. I mean, let's shoot. Let's go higher. higher. What am I saying? I'm telling you, why am I lowballing us? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. Happy to answer any questions. We actually have a huge stakeholder call in 10 minutes. um, All right. About 100 organizations that have been working on this to. Just tell them you were recording with the Rock Fight and they'll understand. I will. So you can listen to everything we have to say uh, (laughs) over on the podcast. All right. Well, Um, thank you so much. We'll make sure uh, we'll have you on again soon, hopefully, to talk about it passing. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, that's the show for today. What did you think? Did that answer all of your Explore Act questions? Send your follow-up questions and all of your compliments to myrockfight at gmail.com. Before you move on to that next podcast, take a quick second to follow The Rock Fight wherever you are listening to subscribe to the show. And also, please leave us a five-star rating and review. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And here to take us out straight from the Less Than Jake tour bus, it's Krista Makes with The Rock Fight Fight Song. Will... See you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.